Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. What's up, Dolphins? And welcome into the Tuesday, September the 18th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, as always, Travis Wingfield, and I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we revisit all the data, the metrics, the snap counts, the player grades, and everything from an analytical standpoint surrounding the Miami Dolphins win over the New York Jets. We discuss the top three storylines left over from the weekend. But first, before any of that, I kindly invite each of you to please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Tuned In, wherever you get your podcasts from. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Follow me on Twitter at NFL. Follow the show at LockedOnFins. And check out LockedOnDolphins.com, the number one blog in the Locked On Network. And of course, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts like the Locked On Heat podcast and Locked On NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. And we have one news item to cover today, and I'm excited to talk about it. Let's go ahead and bring it up. All right, Miami! The Dolphins have elevated safety Maurice Smith off of the practice squad, rounding out the roster with 53 participants at this point. The practice squad now down to nine guys. We'll find out about a move there soon, I am sure. But this means to me, I hope, that the Dolphins are exploring options for the dime defense that we have talked about all off season and even into two games. Now I did a radio hit today. I talked about it on yesterday's podcast about how the dolphins still have this issue on third and long defense. And it has a lot to do with the fact that linebackers are taking deep spot drops or covering backs man up and getting beat badly on those plays. And we're going to get into the defensive metrics for this Dolphins defense here coming up in the podcast, which are all kind of really mind-blowing stats in terms of how dominant this side of the ball has been. Regardless, there was one spot of the defense that continues to be a problem. The money down, third down. The Dolphins are tied for 15th, allowing 37.5% conversions percent conversions on third down. That's tied for 15th in the NFL. So they could do better there because they're a top five, top 10 defense in almost every other metric, but still struggling here. So hopefully Marie Smith is up, not just to be on the roster, but to play and have an impact. As far as other roster notes, there was a couple of dings in that game, but Danny Amendola, Jordan Phillips, both got back into the game. So no injury news report as of now. Knock on wood on that once again. And that will wrap it up for the Mad Dog segment. Let's go ahead and kick this podcast off. That's another Miami Dolphins. I'm a bit of a sucker for storylines. They probably fall third in line behind the film study, as well as the analytical studies of the numbers and key metrics. But storylines still get me. And I want to talk about the three main storylines coming out of this game. And first up, number one, is something we talked about a lot last week. Something I have covered pretty much all offseason long. Just the overall confidence and swagger of this group, of this coaching staff, and the way it permeates throughout the locker room. And that confidence can carry a team that maybe isn't the most talented into an overachieving type of position. And I think that's something that's going on with this Miami Dolphins team. There's a piece up on ESPN.com from the fantastic insider, Dolphins insider Cameron Wolf, talking about Adam Gaze's 
confidence and overall snark that he approaches press conferences with when he is right. And he part of that was talking about Albert Wilson and the plan for him playing receiver, playing running back, playing wildcat quarterback. And Gaze mentioned it's kind of funny that we actually had a plan in place for him when we signed him back in free agency. He talked about how this was something they saw in April building up but it was just that nobody else was believing in them because they were all paper roster watchers, so to speak. But they have this confidence and you can see it growing because Robert Quinn in that very same article from Cameron Wolf talked about how they're, quote, building something special here, end quote, and he is just a piece to the puzzle. And then you talk about Frank Gore and what he has meant to this roster and to this team. You see that video up on the Miami Dolphins social media team where Ryan Tannehill is coming off the field through the tunnel into the locker room and he approaches Frank Gore from behind and gives him a pat on the back and Frank Gore talks about, let's keep proving these bitches wrong. So when your head coach is talking like that and the 35-year-old veteran running back, the fourth all-time leading rusher, let's go ahead and give it up for Frank on that, the fourth all-time leading rusher in the NFL. When you have a guy like that conveying that message to the younger guys, it's going to stick and it sounds like it has. Storyline number two was Adam Gaze's decision to hold Devontae Parker out of the lineup on Sunday, even though he was healthy and ready to go. They held him back. Adam Gaze said that they think he'll be stronger when he comes back in week three. But I point to the production of the other wide receivers on this roster. All three of them, Kenny Stills, Jakeem Grant, and Albert Wilson, are performing well above league average in the key metrics, yards per route ran, yards per target. They are getting open, although this game wasn't quite as good as the first game. There is a bit of a chemistry and a comfort level that comes with Ryan Tannehill and these wide receivers, and you have to wonder how much of that is there with Devontae Parker, because you'll recall that last year, Devontae Parker's passer rating on passes intended for him was atrocious, kept on getting picked off. He would struggle to fight for one-on-one balls. You just wonder if that trust is there with Ryan Tannehill, because that trust in this anticipation, short rhythm passing game is really a big piece of this offense. So that'll be something to keep an eye on going forward. I worry about his interruption of the current makeup of this team. We'll see what happens with that. And storyline number three is the strong showing for this defense. And they did the exact same thing last year. You'll recall going into that Thursday night game, the Dolphins were four and two and doing it behind a dreadful offense led by Jay Cutler that was scoring no points. It was staying on the field very rarely, plenty of three and outs, just tons and tons of mistakes. Yet the defense was involved, making plays, helping the Dolphins win games. Even in that comeback in Atlanta, they allowed something like one first down in the second half of that game and just were dominant throughout. And we're seeing that same thing happen again this year. But the difference is the offense isn't playing absolutely putrid and is allowing the defense to stay fresh, stay off the field, not have to play 70 plus snaps per game. So the hope is that because they'll be fresher going along, we have more depth, a good defensive line rotation, a healthy linebacker rotation in terms of the backups, a good secondary. You hope that maybe these guys can stay fresh and continue that dominance throughout the course of the season. All right, we have more to get to, including all the snap counts, PFF grades, and inside data, advanced metrics, everything you guys like for the Tuesday podcast. But first, a word from our sponsor at MyBookie. And you guys know that ever since I started this podcast, I get asked for a lot of advice, usually on which team to bet on on Sunday or Saturday. But the truth is, I don't know who's going to win the games. 
But if you know, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. And that's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they will be your very best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is very easy to use. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me. And that's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game, live betting, over-unders on fantasy points scored, and the most rewarding player perks in the entire business. My bookie is currently slammed with new bettors and wants to give everyone the best service possible. So if you're willing to deposit your money after 7 p.m. Eastern time, they'll give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. Join now and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar when using promo code locked on. Again, promo code locked on to activate that offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's M Y B O O K I E. And don't forget to use the promo code locked on when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play. And if you're willing to hold out until after 7 p.m., you can get an extra $25 by using promo code locked on 25. That's code locked on 25 for the free $25. It's up to you guys, but I'd wait until after dinner and take that extra money. My bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. We press on into segment number two, the B Block on a Tuesday, September the 18th podcast here with the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Your host, as always, Travis Wingfield, talking to you guys today about the inside data and analytics from the Dolphins win against the New York Jets, 20 to 12, of course. And let's go ahead and start things off with snap counts, looking at the offense for the second straight game, the entire offensive line. And obviously the quarterback played every snap. That was all 60 snaps of the game. The running back discrepancy was a little bit closer this week. Kenyon Drake got 36 reps. Frank Gore got 24. That's a 60-40 split. A little bit in line with what the national media was telling you. And Travis, old boy over here, was a little bit wrong on that one this week. Receivers, Kenny Stills, 56 snaps. That's 93%. Danny Amendola, 44, 73%. Albert Wilson, 29. That's 48%. And Jakeem Grant, in Danny Amendola's absence for a couple of series there, I think it was, played 32 snaps, 53%. The tight ends go 34 for Derby, 33 for Gasicki, and 9 for Durham Smythe. And as for the grades on that offense, the offensive line did not have a good day at all. The interior of the offensive line was actually pretty brutal as Jesse Davis and Ted Larson now find themselves outside of the top 50 guards in the entire NFL in the run blocking department. They both had orange and red grades, which is not where you want to be on pro football focus. And for Dan Kilgore, it does not get any rosier for him. He fell from the top 15 position among centers to 33rd best in the ground game. Not where you want to be below all 32 starters in the NFL. But as far as tackles go, Laramie Tunzel came up absolute aces. He allowed just one hurry, and he's now the 16th best overall tackle in terms of PFF grading. Ryan Tannehill slid back to the pack a little bit. He was the 13th best quarterback in week one, but he is now 22nd in the league after what was deemed a tough day. However, his 122.9 passer rating under pressure is fourth best in the NFL. The receivers are still getting the job done in terms of yards per route run. Jakeem Grant is 23rd best in the league at 2.24. Albert Wilson's 26th and Kenny Stills is 28th. And the running backs, Kenyon Drake is the sixth highest graded running back. And Frank Gore is the 15th highest rated running back. And as we shift over to the defense and what this team looks like on paper, the team stats are kind of staggering right now. The Dolphins have the best passer rating differential 
differential in the NFL. They're allowing a passer rating of 56.6 and Ryan Tannehill's passer rating at 104.9, the eighth best in football, gives them a passer rating differential of 48.3 tops in the entire National Football League. Their 3.3 yards per carry on the ground allowed is third best in football and only six teams have ran the ball for more yardage than the Miami Dolphins, 127.5 yards rushing per game. And again, going back to the defense, they've allowed 16 points per game. That is fourth best in the NFL. And the snap counts on the defensive side of the football, pretty similar to what we saw in week one. A little bit of a regression from some players like Robert Quinn saw 33 snaps, as did Andre Branch. Those are both good for 51% of the defensive snaps. Cam Wake had 30. William Hayes had 23. Charles Harris had 22. The defensive tackles, a very evenly split share here. Akeem Spence got 40 reps. That's 62% tops among all Dolphins defensive linemen. Devon Godshaw had 34. That's 52% of the snaps. Vincent Taylor had 23. And Jordan Phillips had 22. Among the players that played every snap on defense, the two linebackers, Kiko Alonso and Raekwon McMillan, all played 65 snaps. Xavier Howard, Bobby McCain, TJ McDonald and Rashad Jones all played 65 as well. Minka Fitzpatrick had 42 snaps. That was 65%. Still want to see that number increase. He did get 12 snaps on special teams, however, and Jerome Baker saw 15 snaps and Chase Allen had seven on Sunday. As far as the advanced data, Devon Godshaw was an absolute menace in this game. He had three pressures as a pass rusher and it had four stops in the running game. What a run stop is on PFF is any play that has held two yards or fewer on the ground. So Godshaw, an absolute menace in that account. Akeem Spence was there as well. Three hurries as a pass rusher and two and one run stop of his own. William Hayes had a pair of run stops. And Robert Quinn, who is now the 10th highest graded edge defender on all of profootballfocus.com, had five quarterback pressures and two run stops in the running game. He is a complete player and playing so, so well off that right edge of the Miami defense. And Kiko Alonso needs some props on this podcast because he played a hell of a football game. Along with forcing two fumbles, he had six run stops two yards or less behind the line of scrimmage and he pressured the quarterback on one instance allowed just three of six passes in his targeted direction to be completed a big big time game from the much maligned linebacker of the Miami Dolphins we go back into the secondary and Minka Fitzpatrick allowed just 34 yards on seven pass targets although one of those was a kind of a garbage time type of catch on that prevent defense on that drive before the end of the first half Rashad Jones having a tough time in this one he allowed five of six passes to be completed on him for a passer rating of even 100. TJ McDonald and Xavier Howard were excellent in coverage. Howard's passer rating against was 34.5. McDonald's was 4.2. Obviously, both of those interceptions helped out big time. So this team taking steps in the right direction on the defensive side of the football. Offense kind of fell behind things a little bit this week, but we expect them to get picked back up next game against the Oakland Raiders in week three. And we'll start previewing that game on tomorrow's podcast, the Wednesday crossover podcast. But first, before we get to the last segment of the show here, now is a great time to tell you guys about Swap.com. Isn't it crazy how much we pay for new brand name clothing? Why do we buy new kids clothes if they just outgrow them in only a few months? Wouldn't it be great if there was a place to discover awesome discounts on gently used clothes? There is Swap.com, the world's largest online consignment and thrift store. Swap.com puts a stop to driving to the store, after store, and sifting through racks. Easily sift through millions of clothes and seconds on Swap.com with easy-to-use filters to find just what you need. Over 14 million tons of textiles are wasted each year. Shopping secondhand at Swap.com helps prevent textile waste from polluting the environment, which is something you can feel great about. 
With Swap.com, you can save up to 90% off retail price on your favorite brands like Lululemon, Carter's, Nike, J. Crew, Gap, whatever it is, they have it for you guys. Quality hand-inspected items are added daily, and if something doesn't fit, enjoy hassle-free returns within 30 days on Swap.com, the world's largest online consignment thrift store. And for a limited time only, a special offer for our Locked On listeners. Get 35% off selected items for your first order with promo code LOCKEDON. Plus, find new deals every day on Swap.com's homepage, the largest online consignment store, Swap.com. And if you guys enjoyed that bit last block on the last segment talking about the analytics and the in-depth data from Pro Football Focus, go ahead and get yourself a Pro Football Focus subscription. And if not, check out the Locked On Dolphins aftermath column. We'll do that every single Monday afternoon for you guys to get you caught up on that stuff that's not otherwise available for you. And speaking of stuff that is available for you, I went ahead and listened to Adam Gaze's post-game press conference, or actually the Monday availability, I should say. And one of the key points and key takeaways reverts back to the idea about Cameron Wolf's column, the ESPN Insider, discussing this team's camaraderie and chemistry and what they have built together as a team. And it's something that Adam Gaze has talked about almost all offseason ad nauseum. And here's a question that was posed to Gaze in his media availability about Albert Wilson's touchdown celebration and how the team came together to celebrate that score with Wilson. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't paying attention to that at the time. I was. I was. I was excited that, you know, basically I called a really bad play versus what they called, and and our guys made it work, and. I didn't hear about that till when we got back last night, and, and I, I love that because I love I love how our locker room is. I love how those guys are on the field, off the field, in the locker room, outside. This, I mean, these guys are tight. It's fun. It's fun to, to be around, and it's it's enjoyable to watch those guys go through a game and the ups and downs of a game, and they don't waver. You know, they they just keep going out there, putting their head down, trying to help make plays, trying to do the right things, and. I, f- I feel like there's accountability with each other. So he just continues that same narrative that this team is tight there together. He loves this group. He has said the exact same thing going back to April when they assembled this team and built it in the way the current construction sets up for being a strong team in all aspects of the game, having depth, having the right 53. And you guys are probably getting sick of me talking about the right 53 because I've been spewing that for the last couple of weeks now and the results are there. Two consecutive wins to begin the season. I don't think anyone expected them to even get one win out of those first first two games and now here they are staring at 3-0 in the face heading into a game with the Oakland Raiders that they are favored by just a field goal which I find strange probably trying to get the public back away from the Dolphins because so far they have covered two spreads and I think that kind of has helped Vegas in some sense because I highly doubt that the Dolphins were the favorite in terms of public betting despite the underdog odds there and you look at what they do going into this Oakland Raiders game, you look at all the stats I read off for you guys, how they have gotten these big leads. They now have had two different 14-point leads in the fourth quarter of games, and it leads me to believe that this group is close to a dominating blowout performance, clean up a couple of errors, a couple of fumbles, or whatever it is that has caused these issues to allow teams to stay in games or get back into the game. And I think Sunday against the Raiders is going to be an all-out slugfest in terms of the Dolphins coming out, playing their A game. I just don't really buy into the fact that this team can play 
a trap game. I think that when you hear over and over and over again all offseason as a professional about how bad you are going to be, how the Dolphins are clueless, how they have built this roster and assembled a team that is going to finish dead last in the league, that's going to pick first in the draft, that should be checking out all these quarterbacks in this draft. I think you hear that enough. That's a great way to stay motivated and to stay away from this trap game because the Dolphins are staring at a crucial week four game up in Foxborough. And if they can get this one out of the way, they go into that game with an opportunity to get two and a half games ahead in the division because let's assume the Patriots destroy the Lions on Sunday night football. You know how Bill Belichick does his former disciples in those games, especially on primetime. Patriots are going to be 2-1 and one heading into that game. If the Dolphins can get to 3-1, and one, that puts them in a position where a win would make them 4-0, make the Patriots 2-2 two and two with that head-to-head victory, and there you have a two-and-a-half game lead in the division and would just be an excellent starting point for the first quarter pull of the season. But first, that crucial Raiders game coming up first, and we're going to have the crossover podcast for you guys on tomorrow's show, as well as the film review and a busy, busy week as we do here during the season on the Locked on Dolphins podcast. And as for this podcast, that is my time today. I appreciate you guys checking the podcast out. We'll be here for you guys all week. Please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Give me a follow on Twitter, at NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins and keep up to date on our daily Dolphins blog over at LockedOnDolphins.com. Content for you guys there every single day. You guys have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.